Hey, everybody. This is Father Tom with my podcast called Behind the Curtain, when we get a little sneaky preview of what happens in church and those who make it happen. And this is our episode number five, and it's a little special today because we're joined by a special guest, uh, Father David Scotchy, who's pastor there in Nativity Church in Longwood, Florida. So uh, let's have Father David, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Father. Hey, Bob. good, good. Welcome. I'm glad you uh, agreed to have a little conversation with me. And um, just a little bit about your background. How many years have you been ordained? I was ordained 1993 for the Diocese of Orlando, so do the math. Oh, boy. Is that 27? That's 27, yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's a long time. And um, you served in the Orlando Diocese. And mm-hmm. what were the churches you've been at so far? I started at Holy Name of Jesus. Yes. And you followed me there in India. That's Atlantic. right. I followed you in Holy Name of Jesus there in India Atlantic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you went to there. from there you went to uh so there I was went to St. Peter and Paul in Winter Park with Father okay. John Cooney. Okay. And then I went to um uh St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh I was at uh UCF as a campus minister at the same time. Uh-huh. I went to St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Cloud. Wow. And then um St. Maximilian Colby in uh, Avalon Park, and then Most Precious Blood in Oviedo, and now I'm at Nativity in Longwood. Wow. I'm sure you're thinking, you have a thought in your head, this guy can't hold down a job. <laughs> no, you got a good view of the of the diocese there. Beautiful. Yeah, that's right. I did follow you down there to Holy Name, and um, and one of the things you were strong for was the uh, Christ in Jesus Parish uh, retreat. Right. You're one of the big foundations, one of the big promoters of it, and it's done fantastic work. I know how, I'm not sure if that's still spreading around in the in Florida, even the country, but I know you were one of the big ones, uh, one big person behind it, and it was a blessing to many parishes, many, many parishes. And also, um, hmm? and you're a talented fellow. You play the piano, right? And you speak Spanish now, don't you? Am I correct? Yeah, do enough to do math and preach when I need to. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. And then you, actually, even before the seminary, you were a uh, student at the great Duke University? That's right, went to Duke University, yeah. Wow. What was your major back in Duke? I majored in physics. Physics? Yes. My favorite. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, what would you have done with physics, by the way? What was your plans if you didn't go into the, you know, into the priesthood? I... What I was always thinking about the priesthood since high school, but it was okay. uh, I, I liked it. I, I knew I needed to understand, I wanted to understand the world better and uh-huh. the physical world, and that's what physics does. It tries to describe physical reality and how things move and interact and and, uh, and use math to do it, which is a language in itself. Wow. So it really you know, helps, make a, helps understand. And, and then, you know, metaphysics is a kind of philosophy, type of philosophy, and that's... Trying to understand unseen things too. You know, wow! Things wow! Wow! Well, along with all of this, one of your passions is uh, preaching. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Preaching. Mm-hmm. And you got a degree uh, from advanced degree in preaching. Yep, I got a degree in preaching from Aquinas Institute, a doctorate of ministry. Uh, wow! In preaching. I did that to help my own preaching. Uh huh. Knows I need it. I feel sorry for the people in my first parish, Holy Name of Jesus. They, for five years, they patiently endured me, and I uh, hope God has mercy on me. <laughs> so you got a doctor <laughs> ministry and, and preaching from Aquinas Institute, you said? Where is that, in St. Louis? 
St. Louis, yeah. Yeah. How long did it take? How many years did it take you to get this degree? Uh, well, it's, it's, you know, while I was full-time priest, it was just uh, five years to uh, wow. do a, like a course, course at a time and get, and uh, you know, my uh, research and all. Mm-hmm. Now, have you always had an uh, interest in preaching? Was there something developed in your priesthood or right from the start, you know, hey, I want to be a better uh, preacher? Hmm? I always I always take it very seriously, the, you know, the Word of God and the proclamation mm-hmm. of, of, uh, of and the apostolic witness, and I know you do too. You take you're very creative and uh, have a real passion for uh, sharing, you know, the good news with others. Yeah, I, I, in some ways, it's funny because when I was the first ordained, I mean, my sisters and brothers said I was ordained with the Salesians. They said, "Well, you know, he'd do well with the kids, but I don't know about mm-hmm. his preaching." Because <laughs> I was, I was, a, and that's what they said, really. And I, I agree with them. I was a very, I'm introvert, I'm an introvert, but I was even a stronger introvert back then, and. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. heck, when I was like mm-hmm. growing up, I wouldn't. I was afraid to ask the guy in the store where the bread was. I take my little brother with me. So you ask him. I was oh, yeah, uh, things like that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, now all of a sudden, I feel. I, I have to say, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable. You know, from the congregation, mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. You know that. Uh, now, do you feel comfortable in front of people? You're an introvert as well, am I right? Right. I mean, I'm an inter- Oh yeah, very much introvert. Uh, yeah. But what's what's helped me in my preaching is uh, mm-hmm. piano, you know, learning to uh, play piano and give recitals and memorizing Bach or Beethoven or Mozart. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when I play, it's, it's because I have, I say, I'm thinking to myself, um, for the most part, here's something really beautiful. And I hope you like it. And so that, and I feel comfortable with people in that way. And then so preaching the same thing. Here's something very beautiful and, and true and and I, I want you to know this. I think it's, it's, it's something uh, I think God wants us to hear, and myself included. And so you're real, I mean, this is what you want to share. This is what you give. This is giving, you know, a part of yourself. All right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Now, I ask you, um, well, 27 years, that's, you know, that's a significant time uh, in the mm-hmm. priesthood and preaching all, the, all those Sundays. Do you still get nervous on a Sunday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Especially in election season. Uh, election season, you mean now? Yeah. Like oh right now, boy. Because you know, to say things, um, and you know, church teaching, of course. Right. Um, is, and we have to preach the gospel, whether yes, uh, it's popular or not. And, yeah. And yeah. Right now, people are on edge and oh yes, wrong way. And, oh yeah. And so by trying to find the right way to say things, and uh, that Ooh, again helps man. become more loving. Uh, to, to to know God's love and to share it with others. Right. Right. Uh, right. Not easy. No. Not no. Easy right now. So as I say, aside from the election, you know, election season we are now. Let's take that, leave that for aside. That's a challenge in itself. But like on a normal Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. do you, when you get up, do you still get little butterflies, nervous, anxious at all? Or is it you're very, or now is it natural, calm, or you know, what would your feeling be? Hmm? Uh, a little bit of nerves because I want to make I, it's important, I, and I and uh, I feel that burden to uh, to and to. To say those things um, that can help uh, help the people. Uh, yes. And, and so I, I definitely feel that burden. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Now, let me ask you this: Let's say you're preaching on, let's say, the Saturday evening mass. When would this mm-hmm. quote? Can I say this anxiety start kicking in? Do you, do you get a feeling getting? Okay, here we go. You get nervous. Does it kick in any time before that? Is it right before the mass? Thursday. 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 
Thursday. I hear you. I hear you. Hmm? If I don't have it, if I don't have it done in Thursday, and then oh boy, I just, I don't sleep well. I'm, I hear you. Uh huh. It wrecks my sleep. Friday's a wreck. Um, Saturday, oh, yeah. the, the, the not too often, but Saturdays, I just not coming together. Oh boy, um, boy. Is, isn't that a terrible feeling? I mean, the clock is ticking. Terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that. Oh my gosh, and you know, mm-hmm. oh my, I got to hurry up. I got to get this done. I have to get, you know, I want something, yeah. you know, yeah. profitable to offer yeah. to people. Yeah, myself right. too. I, you know, I get nervous. I start thinking Thursday and Friday. It's and then, mm-hmm. you know, ooh man, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't yep. go away, does it? I mean, at least for me, it's always there. I'm yep. not saying, you know, I can sleep usually at night, but I'm not saying I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. feeling, that nervousness, and and I think you probably agree that each weekend it's a new challenge. You can't say, "Well, I did a good job last weekend." There's this expectation. Nope. <laughs> Here you go, you're on again, and you got to be good. Right, hmm? right, right. Uh, well, it, it, just be good. Not be, you know, be great, but just get on base. Just that's, that's what I say. Get on base. Get on base. <laughs> don't just don't strike out. Get on base. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I'm sure you probably feel this way too. I mean, what you're mm-hmm. offering them, you know, say on the Sunday and the weekend. Is really what's going to sustain people for the week. I mean, what they're getting is maybe mm-hmm. the only thing they're getting. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Right? right. I, I mean, so that, yeah. that's why you feel this—the importance of it. You know, it's, and, I'm, mm-hmm. and I have to admit, it's my pride. I don't want—I don't want to fail. You know what I mean? Oh God, right. that's a terrible feeling. But mainly is like you know, this is what you know. This is what you're feeding them, and you have mm-hmm. to give them something mm-hmm. good. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Right. You want to give them meat and potatoes, not just junk food. Yeah. You, want to, uh, you know, make sure that. This uh, helps them uh, prepare them for receiving communion and being sent mm-hmm. forth in mission. Yeah, because they're you know they're living out in a tough world. You know that mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the stresses when they so they come on you know that Sunday when they when they give you their time and they're here to get fed. Mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. You, you know you owe it to them to give you a best shot to work at it to right. come prepared. And that's all you can do. You know, I tell, you know, I, I, I have to tell my myself, I tell my people. You know, I don't. You may not always like it or agree, but I promise you this: it's going to be. I worked at it. Mm-hmm. You know, giving my best, and that's all you can right. do, right? I, I, wow. I try to do my best. That's for sure. That's it. Yeah. Take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's strange. When I was young, a kid, you know, going to church mm-hmm. on Sundays, mm-hmm. you didn't have an expectation for a good homily. I hate to say that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm 65 now, so it wasn't like oh. Mm-hmm. And the homilies mm-hmm. were generally different. They were kind of mm-hmm. sort of telling you what the, you know, they were kind of tough, you know, do this, that, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. find now that people mm-hmm. really come, mm-hmm. uh, the homilies a strong component. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, I guess with all this thing on preachers on TV, they're much more aware. Mm-hmm. So the homily is, you know, this is expectation and desire to mm-hmm. hear something good. Hmm? Yeah, no, that's wonderful. People uh, expect um, a Quality preaching and and nothing less than the Word of God. Yeah, which that's is, right. Which is as it should be. Um, but this, to be fair, is there's an expectation on the people coming to the mass. You know, they have to prepare uh-huh. themselves, and um, so they get the most out of it. You know, we know to prepare ourselves for communion, not by eating, not you know, right. communion fast an hour uh-huh. before mass. You don't eat, so you prepare your body that way. That's yes, and you know, come. Not distracted, just rushing in the church. You come early and you sit down and pray. Those are ways we prepare ourselves. But we also prepare ourselves for the preaching as well. And mm-hmm. I don't know if people are, are, have thought of that. And mm-hmm. so they come ready to get the most out of it. So they have to be ready and prepare themselves as well. And and that's mm-hmm. uh yeah, that's something that they may not always consider that. Wow. 
Well, and uh, the way they can do that is simp- is uh, looking over the readings beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, um, you know, uh, there's a, you know, many ways, free online, a bishop's website, they can things and, and read them over. There's commentaries. Uh, and so those kind of, uh, you know, spending 20 minutes before, sometime during the week, looking that over will help um, come to Mass. And mm-hmm. like, okay, I wonder what Father's going to say about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let me ask you the curiosity. Uh, do you have a favorite, mm-hmm. any favorite preachers over your lifetime that you heard somebody, you like their style, and they sort of, you want to emulate in some way, you don't want to copy exactly, but yeah, hey, they resonated with you. Any favorite preachers, priest, otherwise? Well, hmm? Bishop Barron, uh, he does a good job explaining uh-huh. scriptures and has uh, many, many talks. He, I think not just um, his preaching, but his overall um, uh, style of, of um he doesn't dumb it down. He's always oh, that he old. doesn't. Sometimes he's over my head. Some of his examples. He's a very intelligent fella, but very right. good. Mm-hmm. So he's he's someone I definitely enjoy, and I hope others uh-huh. do too. I can recommend him. Um, other people I listen to, you know, I've listened to um, with the the COVID pa- pandemic shutdown. I listened to some local priests, and I was just, um, really just enjoyed preaching. Uh, Father Dirk Schutte over in St. Peter and Paul. He does a wonderful job preaching. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, listen to him. Um, and a new priest, Father uh, Matt Matthew, and I forget his last name. Oh, yeah, is that the cathedral? Yeah, yeah, the cathedral. He preached on Good Friday and did a powerful homily. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's funny you should mention right that because I heard his homily on Good Friday, and I thought mm-hmm. the same thing. In fact, I was compelled to even write him a note and congratulating him. Is that right? Too. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, this is a young, young guy. What's he, dang, a year maybe? What's that, one year now? Two years, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. His confidence, yeah. his example. The, it was, I was very impressed. Yeah. Now they're getting good. Uh, better training in the seminaries and it's, and it's for the good of the people. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. You know? So anybody tune in. I, in fact, you, you know. What about you? Do you have any favorite preachers? You know, uh, I used to like I used to like Robert Schuller of the Crystal Cathedral. I used to like listening to him. I, I loved his enthusiasm, his way he, he expressed himself. And of course, mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, with the Salesians talking to, you know, usually with young people, um, mm-hmm. I always felt comfortable telling story examples. And he's what he's one that uses mm-hmm. stories as well. And I'm I'm not a theoretical person, so I I, I think in stories. And he did mm-hmm. too. And I love you know I. It's, my hobby is collecting stories. <laughs> I just on my wow. I have thousands. That's my hobby. It takes time up. I never mm-hmm. probably use all of them, but the fear of not having an illustration to somehow bring out the point. So Robert Schuller, mm-hmm. uh, who else? I listen to everybody. I listen to Father Michael White, uh, Greg Rochelle, mm-hmm. Priest in the Diocese. You know, mm-hmm. and, and let's say in the morning when I'm getting dressed, brushing my teeth, I like to listen. When I'm at the gym, mm-hmm. I'll listen to preachers just to hear. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has a nice little point that I, you know, can pick up mm-hmm. on and and sometimes mm-hmm. it also helps me to realize that you know these priests who you know high positions and say you know mm-hmm. they're not but you know they're not wool over the top but we're all you know kind of mm-hmm. are in the same you know mm-hmm. you know just doing the best sometimes we do better than uh, some days we do better than others you know mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. now let me ask you this in the preaching process mm-hmm. so let's say this coming Sunday when did you start preparing how many hours you put into it when do you start getting ready for the homily? What's your? Because some people, you know, I people come up to me think that 
I just get up there and sort of talk off the cuff. You know, you don't, they, you don't talk off the cuff. No, <laughs> I don't ever say that to you. Like they think, like you just get up there and you just talk. You know, I mm-hmm. said no, it doesn't. Uh, that doesn't work that way. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't. I don't think. I don't know. If people know the process, how much time, and well, let's just say, well, what, me, what's it's, yours? It's hmm? Five, usually ten hours a week um, that I'm. I'm uh, actively ten hours uh, a week. Thinking, let's say writing, looking over mm-hmm. the scriptures. You know what I do? I have, I have four parts. Um, the first is I listen to what's to the listeners. What's I just I, before I even open up the the Bible, I look at I listen to what's going on uh, in the world. Like okay, they got elections coming up. Uh, the NFL football season has started. Um, October fourth, Respect Life Weekend. It's also Pet Blessing for St. Francis of Assisi. You know, just what's going on in the world? What's, what are people talking about? Mm-hmm. What's in the? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Are there any uh, any uh, funerals in this in the parish or anything of a great note? You know, we have a 60th anniversary coming up at Nativity in a few weeks. So these are things that are just out there. So I want to. That's the first thing I write down. Just what's going. Wow. On. Yeah, I don't do enough of that. That's a good idea. All right. So you just look at the okay. natural things happening. Yeah. All right. Right. So then I go to the scriptures. So that's kind of mm-hmm. like putting lenses on my eyes. And I look at the scriptures and try to focus on one, usually the gospel, not necessarily, and mm-hmm. and do a Lectio Divina, where you, you know <laughs> right. you read over it, um, ask the question, what does it say in itself? Then what does it say to me um, personally? What do I say back to that? And that kind of conversation with the scriptures. And just call it Lectio Divina? Mm-hmm. Lectio Divina. Yeah, that's, now that has really grown in popularity of late. I see a lot of people talking about that. And um, mm-hmm. and that's something that lay people, I probably, probably recommend that for those, you know, right? You don't have to be a, take any courses yeah. in theology or scriptures that anyone can really do probably Lexio Divina. Am I right? Absolutely. Anyone yeah. can do that and should do that. It's praying with scripture, praying God. You know, St. Jerome said, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Right, we, right. We're, as Catholics, we've, we're trying to catch up with the Protestants who... And uh, to come to know um, Scripture and know, and to know Christ. So let's go over that process again, Lexio Divina, just to emphasize that. So the first thing is, what mm-hmm. will one do? Uh, you read the Scripture text aloud, slowly, and ask aloud. The what? Okay. Uh huh. Aloud. All what right. does the text say? What does it mean? I mean, not not what does it mean. What is it about? And so um, it's a story of, say, this weekend. It's a story of. Um, Oh, what is it about this weekend? <laughs> I'm, I'm working ahead to the uh, the banquet next weekend. Oh, this is right. about the vineyard workers who um ungrateful, you know, okay. when they they don't give the um, the the harvest to the master okay. owner of the vineyard as they're due. So that's okay. what it's about. Okay. All right. So Jesus has an allegory. Then med- then the second, you read it again aloud slowly mm-hmm. and note a word or phrase that stood out for you. And what does it say to you? Not just mm-hmm. what does it say on paper, mm-hmm. but what does it say to you? What strikes you? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the text of it might be like, like, wow, these 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 uh, vineyard workers, they certainly are selfish and mean. You know, they they kill mm-hmm. the messengers and they don't want to get right, right, else. right, right. Uh huh. And uh, and then read it again, third time, wow. slowly. Okay. And and what do you say back to God? And you know, God's you know. Um, you know how was God doing about this these mm-hmm. things, and I and then noticed I noticed this time reading it. Um, you know they Jesus asked the, the vineyard workers, you know, what would you do 
if you were the owner, and they say they'd put those people to death. That's right, man. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. But that's not what yeah. what I noticed is that's yeah. not what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He didn't come and put the and put mm-hmm. the religious leaders to death. He came right. back to save them. So he mm-hmm. changed the story. Uh, you know, God came to change our impulses to punish people who are wicked, and but God's mm-hmm. impulse is to save us. Right. And that's what God came to do. Okay. And that's what, so then I, I started a conversation with, you know, God's desire for all mm-hmm. of us, including me. Okay. And so then just sitting with that. So that's that's what it might look like. Beautiful. In fact, you mentioned, you know, what's this saying to me? Because I remember reading somewhere that in testing and preaching or talking, whatever is most personal is also most universal. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yep. something strange. Yep. You know, if you apply that and... You know, it's personal, mm-hmm. then it becomes universal, that, the, and they share that. Universal. Yeah, like that's that. right. That's, I remember reading that some days, because, you, you know, it has to be something that, like you said, what's it saying to me, you know, even though it's not all mm-hmm. about you, but it really usually probably applies to others as well. So once mm-hmm. you, okay, you read the scriptures, do you have any, like, any resources that you use, or you simply go by your Lexio Divina, do you follow the thing on well, that's internet, the, that's books? The next hmm? part. Okay, sure, that's all right. The next part. After I do the... Uh, you know, praying over the scriptures, I just can't go straight from there to the pulpit. I have right. to check it, you know, because um, scholars have read over things and there's yeah. commentaries and mm-hmm. websites. And uh, to you know, Bishop Barron, for example, um, what do they say about it? And so they, yes. uh, they definitely help understand it. What does the catechism say about it? Mm. You know, on the catechism. Topic. All right. Yeah. The catechism of the Catholic Church. What does it yeah. say about, uh-huh. uh, say, for example, judgment? Um, right, right, so right. Just looking those things up. So, um, Bishop Barron, do you, mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. do you have any, do you, what do you call it, are any of those subscriptions for homily helps? Like, I, I subscribe to sermon.com. Do you have any like that you uh, subscribe to? or? Mm-hmm. Um, um, no, actually, Tom, no. I write them. <laughs> oh, you write them? <laughs> well, I write That's for the right. Florida Catholic. That's so right. Excuse me. That's right. But I thought maybe you might... You know, read other sources that can help you and kidding. Oh, oh, change yes. the words well, a little I have, bit. Uh, I have a dozen books on each. Wow. On each, um, on each gospel commentaries. Um, it, um, uh, lately, I've been looking at um, just a sim- you know one volume commentary on like the Saint Paul's biblical commentary, and has mm-hmm. everything. You know, has a nice little summaries of the scriptures. Wow. Um, I like. You know, there's a variety of commentaries. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember Fulton uh, Sheen said he likes William Barclay. Fulton Sheen. William Barclay, right? Yeah, he yeah. recommends William Barclay. I, you know, and you can get them online. You know, no, you know, it's free. You know, William Barclay. Anybody, and it's easy to read for anybody. You know, not just for those who have have, the, have gone to the seminar, but anybody who like to read because it keeps it simple background. But anyway, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. And and don't forget the first yes. reading is a is a commentary on the gospel. It's chosen for a reason. Yeah. Um, so again, this Sunday, the reading from Isaiah chapter five about a vineyard is is mm-hmm. gives a per- particular angle angle on it. Right, right, um, right. And, and then the uh, gospel acclamation is another uh, right. angle on the uh, it's like lenses on your glasses mm-hmm. to look at the gospel in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, that commentary is built into the into the liturgy of the word. Beautiful. Spoken like a scholar here. But um, let me ask you another thing. You preach from the pulpit. You uh, where, where do you where you where do you preach from? Do you, it what, depends. Okay. It's, um, <laughs> the the um, I I like to preach um, away from the pulpit. Uh huh. Um, 
and that and that allows me to you know if I internalize what I need to say and want to say and mm-hmm. um, then away from the pulpit. If I want to be more careful in my language, um, mm-hmm. in in you know if I'm um, then, or particular about what I'm saying or quoting things, then I'll then I'll be in the pulpit. So as you you studied you you know in your degree for preaching, did they ever speak about preaching for pulpit or preaching a way that they recommend any of that, or was it simply up to the preacher? The pros and cons. Is there anything? Well, the church teaching says you preach from the pulpit. Okay. Uh, and you can also preach from the chair. The chair. Um, right, as a teaching yeah. uh, chair. Um, wow. Now, so preaching away from the pulpit, mm-hmm. uh, that the chair might be a, a way to talk about that. But the expectation is that the the ambo, the pulpit, is about the word of God. Right. And so that's where you stand, as opposed to walking away from the pulpit and give the illusion this now we're going to talk about something real um oh. and, and so you have to be careful not to uh to turn the you know walking away from the pulpit into um somehow turning your back on the ambo oh but but i see a lot of priests i would watch online a lot of priests now do preach away from the ambo i think you said you do it as well mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you uh i mean at least for me, I you know I learned how to preach away from the pulpit with preaching to children. That's how I really started. You know, you just call kids yeah. up, maybe Christmas, and all of a sudden I had to go down. You can't, you know. And so after yeah. a while, I became comfortable with that. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. let's try it for the uh, regular congregation, you know, the adult congregation, because pulpit always felt like a little safety thing for me. You know, in my notes or mm-hmm. something, just felt a barrier. Yeah. It was a protection. I didn't feel so vulnerable because once you're right. out there, I do feel vulnerable. And yet, you know, at least when mm-hmm. I don't preach from the pulpit. I feel like I'm, I don't know, talking. You know that it's a different feeling. I'm not, I, I know yeah, preaching, it's but it's conversational. It's, it's like a yes. kitchen table talk. It's not a formal lecture. It's, yes, um, it doesn't have to be that way, but um, we perceive that. Um, so it's so yeah. And I think people perceive it that way also. Way. I think you know it's a little. It's mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there's something about it. You're out there amongst them, and uh, and now mm-hmm. I try to preach from the pulpit. I feel I I, I feel constricted. You know. How, how about the use of story? Do you uh, indulge in you know using illustrations or just simply well, the, the stories? So I think it's a good idea to use stories. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Stories are powerful, and and uh, I think yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now let me yeah, ask you about you, stories. You love stories. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Um, yet you know I've heard preachers who don't use stories and yet I some of them have been very powerful. I mean there that's a gift. They somehow mm-hmm. can retell the scripture without that and I have been there's not many of them who can do that well, I'm sorry to say, but that those there's some have a gift they can just talk to you about the scripture and like wow mm-hmm. comes to life. By the way, do you know Greek? Did you ever study Greek? No, do you know I I'm so sorry I never learned Greek. Okay. Or... I was just wondering. Yeah, even when I was in the seminary there wasn't really emphasized I think I had maybe one semester of Greek. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, but now you can just again. There's so many resources that you can actually, you know. There's the Greek mm-hmm. if you want to sound impressive. Yeah. You know, there it is. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, does your church have screens? No, uh, Nativity does not. Um, okay. But uh, but you you do you use screens when you preach? Um, yes, I would say yes, I do. Um, again, mindful of those that you know, learners some. Audible and visual learners, and that I don't put a lot of. I mean, I don't put the words. But usually, an image of something that sort of characterizes what I want to say. And mm-hmm. sometimes I might even find a little clip, a video clip, something that really speaks powerfully. I just try to keep a variety, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I try to keep a variety, and it just I think it's my yeah. ADD mind that I get. You know, I have to, you know, mm-hmm. different things like that, and I don't know. Right. It's, um, well, you know, for some it works. Is doing that what screens can help us do as well, which is to paint a yes. picture to help us. To That's see right. It and and to uh, yeah to see it and to become engaged and. In, uh, in what in what's being said, with um, yeah, I learned that from Father James Mallon. He used to be up at St. Benedict's up in Halifax. Now he's, I think, later Guadalupe. I find him a very good preacher. What I like about him, he could tell stories and yet give you a lot of deep material at the same time. You know that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes I've been guilty of simply telling a good story, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. where's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, so right. it's it's right. It, you got to be careful of that it's not just telling stories, but. You know, mm-hmm. do you teach the scripture? And he and he does both. I remember what mm-hmm. Andy Stanley said, and this hit me almost guilt. He said, um, "Some people who tell stories and tell a great story, all right? Mm-hmm. A, you know, they get enthusiastic, and yet, and then when they switch to the scripture, where's mm-hmm. that enthusiasm? Mm-hmm. You know that? Mm-hmm. that you, you're mm-hmm. more enthusiastic about the story than you are about God's word, and you know, retelling uh-huh. that. I said, oh boy, huh? Right, right, yeah." That's that's so easy to do. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Now yeah, it's easy to say I got a great story. Now I just got to find a way to. <laughs> I to I, that's start, how it uh, works. Kind of it I'm guilty it. of that. Oh, I got this story. Where can I squeeze this in? How can I make this work? This is you know. Oh mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you ever hear Bishop Utner preach? He passed away. God rest his soul. And Bishop can, can I, can I, uh, uh, Yes. No, I, I never heard him preach. I've read his preaching. Though. I read it some. I've okay, because I was on a priest retreat. You know that, and he gave the retreat, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was yeah. there. And um, unfortunately, what bothered me his his talks were too short. Oh, I said, you know, people like great. I, you know, I wanted him to keep talking. I enjoyed him so much. Like, oh, come on, this is my year retreat. I want to hear it. And he was excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, he mm-hmm. was one of the best I've ever heard. The point, yeah. point the deep. Ooh, my, huh? He had a gift. Yeah. And I read his yep. book about preaching as well. Speaking about mm-hmm. preaching length, what? Length, do you think, is a suitable time frame? For, you know, how long should a homily be? People probably like to hear this one, those sitting in the pews. Uh, well, I've never heard anyone complain, Father, your homily was too short. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I, I aim for 8 to 12 minutes. 8 to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is that during Mass, right. it's, the homily is part of the Mass. It's not right. as, uh, added on and it's not as um, or separate from the Mass. It's mm-hmm. part of the mass, so it shouldn't dominate like being 20 minutes long, because nothing yeah. in the mass is 20 minutes long. Oh uh, boy! And neither should it be just a, a hiccup, uh, you know, that you don't really notice. So, um, so I think like communion, you know, where we receive the body yes. and blood of Christ, is about eight to 12 minutes long. So the so the homily where we hear the you know hear the word of God and then and then uh, chew on it, um, that's eight to 12 minutes. Wow, okay. I'm learning a lot here because I feel I'm guilty. Lately, although again, I'm getting, I think I'm getting a little bit too, you know, longer with the homilies. But I, oh, oh boy, I better well, look into that. Hmm? Well, always pay attention to what your people are getting out of it. I guess, and, right? You know, right. In some cultures, you know, that's the only teaching that I get. And say in Africa, I've, I've had priests tell me that you know, people walk for three hours to come to mass. That's right. They huh? expect they expect a, an hour long homily because, by God, they walk three hours to get there <laughs> so they want to and this is the only teaching the only yes they don't have internet this is the only way they're going to know the, the faith and and how to live it so mm-hmm. that's so the homily there does a lot more a lot more catechesis yeah. than what we might have okay and i think it 
you know, it took about eight to 12 minutes. Sometimes I hear different priests preach. And I was, if I had to give one correction sometimes, is that sometimes they try to preach on, you know, the three readings and they try to touch every reading, you know. And I, I, I'm right. never comfortable with that because you're not, you know, it's, it's not enough time. You're just touching things. I'd rather just choose one point, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, develop that rather yep. than trying to hit all the points because you're not really getting any depth to me. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. You know? Yes, pick one reading, and I I say it even too for your um, for our parishioners is again read all over all the readers, but really spend time lectio divina with one reading, just one yes. reading, and, uh-huh. and uh, you know t- memorize a verse from it and, and chew Beautiful. on it during the yeah, week. Yeah, 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 um, The new mm-hmm. thing, well, now maybe it's not new any longer, but the church is now what we call preaching in a series, where you mm-hmm. four or five weeks on a particular theme. Do oh, you? Yeah. Uh, I think they used to do that or still do that. I think yeah, what time I, I do you... from time to time I do that, and I know you do that too. Uh, I, I, you know, I have a okay. For example, try, uh, we call it now. This past few days, I call thing was seriously. <laughs> As was, you know, it was called. Did Jesus really mean when he said forgive? Uh, you know, uh, pay. You know, getting paid like that. But in my mind, it's you know seriously. But during the actually presentation of the homily i'm not sure i make a, a connection to that i just get right to the i'm not sure if mm-hmm. i you know some churches have an introduction each time the same introduction or pitch so i haven't really mm-hmm. done well in the presentation that people would say oh yeah that's seriously but because uh, mm-hmm. on the on their website they would have that you know all those homilies in that category you know on oh, the yeah. one, mm-hmm. things like that so yeah, we don't we're not that advanced yet but it helps me the preparing as a look ahead you know as mm-hmm, a look, in fact, mm-hmm. coming up in November, I think I'm live. I think it's. I think I'd like to do a series called, uh, you know, living the generous life. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Things like no, that. That's but wonderful. The way I think about it is like TV shows. Each episode you can watch and enjoy in itself. Mm-hmm. But the, if you watch them in series, the whole series, you get to know the characters, the inside right. jokes, and it means more. Um, so the same way in our preaching, if it you know carries on from one to, to the next and um, it has a deeper meaning uh, that it couldn't otherwise do it individual, you know yeah. each one's a cold start. And the, right. and the scriptures we're preaching on is in series. It's not just random. You know we're yeah. preaching on the gospel that usually just picks up right where the last one left off, and so it's built into our into our our the scriptures mm-hmm. itself that we're preaching on. Mhm. Mhm. So, how often would you preach a series in a you know in a church year? How many would you usually oh, do? Uh, maybe three or four times. You know, the seasons okay. lend it to that Lent, Easter, yeah, Lent, Advent, Advent uh-huh. ordinary time. So those okay. are um, um, natural times. To, to so they would like what four or five weeks more or less of a series? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Well, I'm a little less, three or four. A little less, three or four weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what works for me. Now, mm-hmm. what you learned, you know, preaching, can any of uh, with your knowledge, let's say, you know, lay people usually, quote, don't preach, but maybe they have to give a talk or presentations, mm-hmm. anything that you could advise them that, of yeah. your knowledge? Yeah. Um, what I tell when I teach the permanent deacons is right. you got to answer three questions before you step up in front of people. Mm-hmm. The first is what? You know, what are you trying to say? In one mm-hmm. simple sentence, what are you dying to, to hear? Mm-hmm. Um, that you, and if you never talk to them again with that one thing you got to say, that's your message. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second question is, so what? Well, why do they need to hear it? How is it good news to your listener? Mm-hmm. Um, what do they care about the price of tea in China? You know, mm-hmm. why do they need to know about 
the diet of the Hittites in the ancient Near East. Move uh, You know, so what? So mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to make sure that you have a you're speaking to a, a need, uh, an issue, a tension, mm-hmm. something going on in their life, uh, in the life of your community. Um, and then the third question is, now what? Uh, what? What do you want this to do? Um, what do you want them to respond or feel mm-hmm. or think about it? Um, and uh, you know, the, to, to do you want them to reflect? Do you want them to um, give praise to God, repent? Do you want them to mm-hmm. talk about it in the car ride home? Do you want them to uh, mm-hmm. you know, pray a rosary during the week? You know, or or uh, so what does it do? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's uh, now what question? That's very good. So what someone speaking like a little prayer group. Uh, religious education time, whatever religious education. I like it. Say, what do you want them? What do I really want to bring? You know, what's the, what do I want them to know? I mean, what's what's this truth I want them to have? It means it means mm-hmm. a lot to me. And why is it important? Right? Why is mm-hmm. that? So you know, why is that important for them to know this, to hear this? And then, okay, mm-hmm. now what, what? What are you gonna do with this? This uh, yep. knowledge? Oh, good. Yeah. And that would. And I think you're right. That work in. You know, if you're a teacher, is that you come? You know, each class. What do I want them to know? Why is it important for them? And how can they mm-hmm. reinforce it? How can they hold on to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what do you want them to know? What you know? What do you want? What, mm-hmm. what do you want them to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's yep. simple, and it makes a it makes a makes a lot a lot of sense. By the way, you mentioned that you write for the Florida Catholic, mm-hmm. so they can see your uh, reflections. By the way, I think you do a very good job by, by your reflections. I enjoy them. Um, how often do you? Appear in the Florida Catholic. Is it every? Well, the Florida Catholic was bi-weekly now. And hmm? as a rotation, I yeah. do a month at a time. So my next turn is December. In I December, wow. December for Christmas. So it's three times a year, three months a year. Um, so they have four of us writing, and each of us, you know, take uh, a different month and rotate. Okay. Um, so that's my next turn will be de- December. I, I I was in there, Florida Catholic, in August. So December. Okay, December. Time. So that makes you you got to start looking at the December readings already. Getting that ready, then probably, I know, huh? No, I just <laughs> going to do that today. I was going to say that's right. You're getting ready for Christmas already, and so mm-hmm. people like to follow you. They can check out the Florida Catholic. They'll be writing uh, this month of September, December. Sorry, December. December. And yeah. then um, you're also author of a. Uh, Two books? One, I forget. I know you author. You also I have wrote, written some books, book, right? Um, uh, Prayer for Hope. Prayer for Hope. Uh huh. I wrote another book. Uh, Can I say a prayer with you? So Remember that book? Uh huh. Pray with one another. Right. And I was a co-author on preaching weddings, baptisms, and funerals. And I did the section on preaching weddings. Wow. So where can they find these books? Let's say, uh, can I say a prayer for you? Or Amazon. A prayer? Amazon. Near you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So maybe they'd like to learn more. They could do that. And uh, do you do you are your homilies online? Yes, they are. Uh, okay. Website nativity.org. Uh, nativity we, uh, Church there in Longwood, Florida. So if they'd like to hear you speak, they could just go online and check you out, mm-hmm. read your book, or yeah. check out the Florida Catholic. Many ways they could. Uh, yeah. Right. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, listen. I want to thank you so much for your time. And uh, keep preaching. It's, 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 I think it's probably most. Probably, I think to me, for now, it's developed probably the most important thing I do as a priest, probably right now. My time-wise, mm-hmm. make sure you know that 
I, I mm-hmm. didn't always feel that way, but now it's like this is it. This is where people come. This is when they, this is when you have the people there. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get them any other opportunity. You can have a great parish mission, but nowhere does it come to let's say the Sunday mm-hmm. attendance. Right. So it's yeah. really important yeah. to feed our people and to feed yourself. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Keep learning. Yes, I don't. All right. Well, thank you, David, Father David, and well, God bless you and no, your people. And yeah. keep preaching the word. Amen. And good luck. Amen. And good luck to you. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy that. Maybe you could follow Father David Scotchy at he's at Nativity Church in Longwood. For now, stay well and stay in God's grace. God bless you.